This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. Well, it is Monday, and yeah, we're just coming off the holiday rush, but uh, it is still time to talk a little hockey with VancouverHockeyNow.com's Rob Simpson. First of all, happy holidays. How did you spend your Christmas? Very digital, very digital. Most of the family often strewn around the planet, so there was a lot of that going on, but uh, had a nice meal and some vino with uh, friends and neighbors. I ended up drinking a whole bottle of wine. And I oh, didn't even know it. You, you pour it in those two to three ounce glasses. And next thing you know, you look up and there's nothing left in the bottle. That is not, uh, not difficult to do, Roberto, especially on the holiday, the holiday time. Yep. But uh, all is well. So let's talk hockey. And, you know, I, I feel a little discombobulated. I can't imagine what it's like to be down at Rogers Arena right now, because to be honest with you, yeah, sure. The Canucks had won six in a row, but it's been a long time since we've seen some hockey. From a fan's perspective or a media guy's perspective, how do you how do you know when to get ready to do this all again? <laughs> it's a great question. Well, you just kind of keep preparing. You just kind of take it one day at a time. The old cliche, hockey cliche says, and prepare for the next one and then the next one. So you're in my case, I'm kind of doing a write up or looking up, you know, okay, what's going on with the San Jose Sharks? All right, that one's out the window. Um, all right, well, let's take a look at the Seattle Kraken. Okay, that's out the window. So now we're taking a look at the Anaheim Ducks. And I was in contact just this morning with a pal that I'm on his radio show in Anaheim quite often. And he says there are only two Ducks on the protocol. That would be Sam Steele, who's not much of a factor, I don't think, these days anyway. And then Max Comtois. So that's it. Those two plus a staff member. And the Ducks have since named five players to their taxi squad. So it sounds like the Canucks' next opponent have their uh, their business in order, and the Wednesday night game down there um, should happen. Of course, L.A., the Kings game, is the very next night, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was going to ask because one of the things that I had circled on my calendar was the Winter Classic, and that's fast approaching. We're five days away from it, and yep. there's a lot that goes into that particular game because you're taking a venue that isn't conducive to hockey. You're making it a hockey venue, and now all of a sudden you're looking up at the calendar and you're like, boy, this is five days away. Does the NHL feel a little pressure to get that one in? Oh, I'm sure they do. It's funny, too. I was thinking about this earlier. There's kind of dueling bubbles, right? So there's the player bubble. And then there's the rest of us. If the players are safe, quote unquote, safe, healthy, and can get on the ice and play hockey, okay, check. That's the bottom line. Because obviously we've, we've played in bubbles before, and it's not like it's going to stay that way forever again. But in the meantime, irregardless of what's happening outside their bubble is, you know, if they can get some games in crowds, no crowds, regardless of what's swirling around them, let's do it. And as it relates to the Winter Classic, I mean, as we've discussed before, Rob, you know, things are a little different south of the border in terms of how they're treating this thing. It sounds like I've heard the term COVID blizzard lately, which means it's flying all over and people are catching it. But it's, it's kind of a common cold situation. So maybe we are approaching the endemic of the pandemic with this thing kind of petering out. Let's hope so. Yeah, the league definitely wants to, uh, you know, it's lost the Olympics. The All-Star Game still on for Vegas in early February. 
this is a marquee event, as you've pointed out. I'm sure they want to play it under any circumstances possible, right? So I look at the Vancouver Canucks and I say to myself, they're in the province of British Columbia and the pressure right now is on the federal and the provincial governments to do right by our communities. Rob, we'll get to the on-ice stuff in a second, but is there pressure being felt by this organization? I don't know if you can answer this firsthand, but would you imagine that there's a bit of pressure being felt by the Canucks organization that they get to run their business status quo with potentially 50% capacity while places like gyms and smaller venues don't get that same luxury? Are they at least talking about that in that building or are they just trying to keep out of that conversation as a whole? It hasn't been a huge topic of discussion. I mean, the 50% thing that we're at right now. Well, here's the thing. Fluid is the word that has come up a few times just this morning at watching practice here about the situation. January 5th, in terms of the COVID mess, it's a long way off. Yeah. Like things are changing every eight hours, not every day or every three days. I mean, that's, that's an eternity right now, January 5th against the New York Islanders. Who knows what's what the, the count is going to be out in society in terms of people that are sick? Who knows any of that stuff? It's it's so incredibly unpredictable. So the Islanders roll in here on, on the fourth for a game on the fifth. And if you were to ask me to make a prediction on that or put odds on it, I wouldn't be able to do it. So there's really your answer. I'm I'm hoping that uh, you know, 50% is great. I doubt this, but if it does start to improve dramatically and we realize this thing's not so deadly anymore maybe we get to crank it back up i would just think that there i had this conversation just the other day it's a politician's thing at this point because nobody wants deaths on their watch and that's one of the things and you know we have to remember that as frustrated as we are there have been deaths associated to covid and from a political standpoint nobody wants to touch that while you're on that speaking of politicians commissioner gary bettman he has to be a politician he's a very good lawyer think about this So they canceled the Olympics. This is something they gave up in the last CBA, a concession to the players. Players wanted to go. Owners in the league don't want to go, especially to China. There's too many risks. You can go on and on and on about all the reasons that the National Hockey League does not want to go to the Olympics. However, they said, okay, you can go to the Olympics. Now they have their out. They've already utilized it from a public relations standpoint, that relationship standpoint, league to players. Gary and the league, they have to really keep dotting their I's, crossing their T's, being very methodical, because suddenly if they do what Steve Eiserman wants you to do and what the National Football League is doing and saying, hey, you know what? Why are we testing asymptomatic players that have a common cold? Why are we caring about positive tests that aren't really any impacting anybody? Guess what? That's like saying, oh, you know what? It's not really that big a deal. We just canceled the Olympics. So, you know what? Let's just keep this going. Let's just keep ah. that factors in, bud. And don't for a second think it doesn't, that they have to be uh, very pragmatic and, and really stay on it because they just got away with highway robbery, if you will, by saying, oh, you know, this is such a mess. We're not going to go to the Olympics. Um, there's that. And also just avoiding, you know, the legal elements of it. Because let's say 95% of the players have a common cold, but one guy gets gravely ill and I'm not going to say dies, but you know, never can play hockey again, kind of like a Brandon Sutter situation, long haul. Yeah. Very unlikely given the situation the way it is right now, but not entirely out of the question. This is a league that's trying to avoid, has tried to avoid concussion lawsuits in the past, you know, has been involved with them, is, is taking measures to save owners money in whatever way, shape or form they can. So 
they also, for that reason, to be a little less cynical, they have to um, they have to be pragmatic and they have to make sure that that everyone's taken care of and covered. I I didn't even think of that. That's why you come on this fine show, Rob Simpson, to bring me those little tidbits that makes me think about it because it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. You kind of just piece the whole thing together and. You know, for fans, that's got to be a little bit frustrating. But for Gary Bettman and company, that's exactly what you do. Yep. Let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks here really quickly because they are going to get back on the ice. They are going to start to play games. And they are going to try to live up to these ungodly expectations that this fan base suddenly has of them. I mean, all of a sudden, they're world beaters. They got Bruce Boudreau. They've won six in a row. They're climbing the standings. Life is good. And... I guess the out is if they don't hit the ground running, it was because of the break, but heaven help me if they win two more games, because now this city's going to be completely on fire. <laughs> is the expectation for this team almost too high? Uh, it was maybe starting to get there, but I don't think so. I think based on recent history, the fandom is relatively cautious. Um, I mean, all we hear about is negativity, 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 and, and I don't necessarily think that's the case at this point, but I think there's a certain level of caution about getting too excited. Um, as it relates to coming out of this break and playing an Anaheim Ducks team that is kind of, uh, well, earlier in the season, beaten the Vancouver Canucks and has some incredible young talent, um, Troy Terry and and Trevor Zegris, yeah. you can go through the list of these first rounders this team's accumulated. You know, we're all in the, the it's like bad ice. You always say, well, how, how was the ice? The ice was, was horrible. Well, guess what? Both teams have to play on the bad ice. Same thing. Both teams are coming out of the break. So you can't use this as an excuse um, and say, oh, well, we, you know, it screwed up our momentum. I think they just got to be ready to rock and roll, ready to play. I think they have a better chance now of beating the Anaheim Ducks than they, uh, they did back on November 14th when they lost five to one. Well, it would have been an interesting one because they would have come off that Toronto game and they would have had a few nuggets in between, but Anaheim going into the break was six, one and three. I mean, they were playing some pretty good hockey as well. Yeah. So it would have been an interesting uh, yeah. gauge and the scoring. I mean, Anaheim right now, one of the most lethally offensive gifted teams in the NHL against a team that is starting to find their way but that's the question I have for you is just when you're getting hot, just when the feel's coming back, just when you realize that everything's starting to fire on all cylinders, you get a two-week break. Problematic yeah. or maybe a blessing in disguise? You know, it's interesting. It, it's funny if, if you want to look at, it, look at it on a little micro scale and it's like, oh boy, how do they best keep this winning streak alive? You know, because I've kind of looked at it that way. It's like, boy, that Toronto game would have been a bear. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, okay, there's the end of your, your dream run. And then it got pushed back to Seattle. It was like, Ooh, cracking. Here's a chance to go seven in a row. Now it's Anna back to Anaheim. It's like, Ooh, here we go. This is going to be a little bit dicey. So if you're looking at it at a real small level, a real one game to game type situation, it's like, okay, what's the best opportunity to keep this thing going? Um, obviously, <laughs> obviously you eventually got to throw that out of the window. Cause you have, you're going to have to start playing the rest of your schedule. Um, same thing. I, I mean, both teams are hot. Both teams coming out of the break. Uh, does it impact one over the other more than the other? Um, I don't, I, I think just from watching this team practice and talking to the guys and talking hearing Bruce Boudreaux the last couple of days, the enthusiasm has not waned one bit. 
the anxiousness to be on the ice, to stay on the ice is not waned whatsoever. I mean, we're seeing guys out here, 12, 14 guys, half an hour after practice is over, taking shots, skating around. Um, they did that right before Christmas as well. So I don't really think it's waned as it relates to the Canucks. Now, will, it, will they have dead legs? I mean, you could say the same thing about the Ducks. Will they have dead legs? So fair is fair. I think mentally, nothing has changed. I think this team is just really chomping at the bit to play some hockey. You know, I was thinking about this. They get to be at home with their families over the holidays. So the wife or the girlfriend is happy. The kids are happy. Life Mm -hmm. is good because, you know, as a player, you do feel guilt every once in a while when you look at the calendar and you got a five-game roadie and you're gone for the next 10 to 11 days. And you know what? I think they got to be coming back with their cups flowing over with, you know, happiness because the home front is good. That yep. translates. I don't know if a lot of people do. I guess because I rode the buses in minor league baseball for so many years, I know what it's like to have that three days off or that five days off where you can kind of re-energize. It's more than just dead legs. It's mentally feeling clear that everything is taken care of and now yep. you can get back to business. That's a, that's a factor. Yeah. No, I did the same thing you did. I, I was on those same, well, slightly different buses going passing you in the middle of the night, <laughs> going the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, we ha- we always have the holiday break anyway in the NHL, right? There's the roster freeze. There's the few days off. So, I mean, they just got an extra few days, extra couple extra days off. Um, and pretty much everybody did. So, yeah, I think, I think it's just another reason to be positive. All right. Uh, there you go. Look at that. A media guy in Vancouver being positive. Uh, mm-hmm. Rob, I'm going to finish up with a little rapid fire for you. I'm okay. going to throw the name of the Canuck player at you. You give me the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to what he needs to do to get things going when they come out of the, the proverbial bubble or the off the time off. Ready to go? Yeah, sure. Elias Pettersson. Continue doing what you're doing. Uh, he's climbing out of the rut that he was in early in the season, and he's definitely shown signs of uh, escaping that rut. There's no question about it. I don't want to say he's 100% out, but his game is pretty close to being back in order. Thatcher Demko. Keep doing what you're doing, big fella. <laughs> pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, Quinn Hughes. Same thing, man. This guy is, you know, he talked about his bad minus stats and his poor defensive zone stats last season and wanted to improve on that. And the way you can improve on that, if you're not, you know, he's obviously not a stay-at-home defenseman, but the way you can improve on it is by just working on your entire game and having your breakout breakout passes be that much more crisp, your decision-making being sounder, your patience level um, increasing. You know, it all comes with maturity and experience. The one thing, Rob, that I'm sure you notice over the years that we know is that when you're playing beer from beer league hockey to the NHL, the biggest, biggest, chasm chasm that exists between the two is holding a puck patience like me i'm playing hockey pucks on my stick i see a guy coming i'm getting rid of it right nhlers are uncanny with their ability to hold pucks be under pressure might be two guys swirling around them and they just they just relax and make a play you know they don't panic and and that's something you see from him like just composure is amazing. And Bruce Boudreaux is blown away by Quinn Hughes' talent level. So similar to Demko, 
keep doing what you're doing, kid, because you're you're learning fast. I was going to say for him and Tyler Myers, buckle up, because I don't think those minutes are going anywhere. I think they're going to well, be. I don't think they them. mind. I don't think they mind one bit. Which is cool. Let, yeah. let them ride. We'll see how that goes in game 65. Let's really quickly just talk about some of these hires that the Vancouver Canucks have made because these have really flown under the radar just based on the fact that, of course, the players were you know winning six in a row. There's this COVID break and everything that goes with it. But I, I there are certain times where I look at guys and I'm like, that's a perfect fit. And then there's certain guys where I really have to start digging and doing some research. The name Derek Clancy was not yeah. on my radar at all. And I don't know mm-hmm. if he'll be the only assistant GM when the dust settles, but what does that speak to when you're building around the one position that essentially is going to become the face when this is all done, the general manager? I thought that would have been one of the first hires. Well, part of that is, you know, there he might be, Jim Rutherford might be looking guys that are under contract. So he has to wait and see if he'll get permission to pluck somebody that's working for someone else. And if not, he'll have to wait till the end of the season. So that's why the GM job, if he's got certain guys in mind, it takes a little bit longer. So why not plug in some of the needs that you have along the way? Scouting is Derek Clancy. So player personnel and scouting. I would expect the next person to be more of a business-oriented type guy, a CBA-oriented type guy. Maybe the general manager is more along those lines, more business acumen. Chris uh, McFarland, the kid from the Colorado Avalanche who worked for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets for 16 seasons, has a lot of that in his background. Derek Clancy is scouting, 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 and more scouting. So that's his emphasis. That's the background he came from. He worked for Jim Rutherford previously. He left Pittsburgh right after Jim Rutherford. Um, so he he's reconnected with him, and he's sitting up here. He was was sitting up here earlier at practice with one of the Sedin boys and Stan Smeal, kind of taking a look at the personnel that, that he has. So that area, Jim Rutherford feels he has covered, and uh, now he'll move on. My friend told me that the Avalanche will never let Chris McFarland leave because it would expose Joe Sackick. Maybe when his contract's up, they won't have much choice because if it involves a boost in pay and a promotion and everything else, an NHL GM job, obviously they can't stop him. But mm. they can say right now, nope, can't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> they have that option. Pittsburgh, in- Pitt- Pittsburgh has allowed the... Um, Sorry to interrupt you. Pittsburgh has allowed Jimmy to talk to um, Patrick Alvin, the uh, the Swedish. You know, also kind of a little bit more well-rounded than Clancy, maybe, but still a little bit more on that kind of the scouting personnel side of things. I would be curious to know if a general manager or a potential general manager looks at Vancouver and says, ooh, I can't wait to sink my teeth into that, or oh my God, that's going to be a nightmare in the first two, three years because – it is not cap friendly. There are still some contracts that are not beneficial to them starting to move things, move big pieces. So I'd be curious to know what a general manager at 10,000 feet thinks looking down on the Vancouver situation. Is it, you know, you can't go any lower, you can only go up? Or is it one of those things where it's ah, maybe with the Francesco thing and everything going on, where I think Jim Rutherford is the conduit that brings this all together. That hiring is a huge benefit to this Canucks organization. Yeah. I think they'd be excited about that. A a hall of fame president of hockey operations and a coach like Bruce Boudreaux, who's a great communicator um, and a positive guy. I think any GM candidate right now would be absolutely stoked to come here. I know you mentioned the salary cap issues 
and I'll, I don't want to play word association with you, but I will bring up two guys that you didn't bring up because obviously we're not going to go through the whole list. Do you realize JT Miller's a point a game guy right now? Yep. He has 32 points in 31 games, and he was out here doing extra work all by himself. Last guy off the ice today. And Brock Besser, because of – now, he, he was struggling early in the season and was kind of sensitive to some of the gossip that was going on. And Jim Benning, before he got fired, was actually throwing Besser's name out there for good reason. That's because he has a $7.5 million qualifying offer, and he hadn't been playing very well. So it makes sense. And Jim Benning's tried to save his job. He's trying to fire a coach that he wasn't allowed to do, and he's trying to look at possibly making some moves that he also wasn't allowed to do. When the new GM comes in, that that Besser qualifying offer is going to be still going to be looming out there, which means his name will be looming out there as well as as this organization's hierarchy tries to kind of pack this all together as we approach the trade deadline. Do you think Jim Rutherford, who's got a quick trigger finger, at least historically, looks at a guy like Brock Besser and says, Sure, love to have him, but boy, he could bring us a, a king's ransom in return, no? But I will say this, despite the quick finger, he won't be doing anything right now. And that's just because when you're rolling, just keep on yeah. rolling. You wait for a little little rock in the road before you... <laughs> or, or, you know, see how they do and get close, see what their playoff scenarios look like, if any, and wait till you get closer to the deadline. He's He's got time. That's the one thing. He's got time on his hands and he gets a chance to ride this pony for a little while here, hopefully. Robert, yeah. thank you for this, man. I really appreciate you making time for me. We, we always cover way more than I thought, and I'm still taking away your thoughts on Gary Bettman having a tiptoe through the next couple of weeks. That uh, that little nugget is why we have you on. So, Rob Simpson, thank you for doing this. And uh, what are you doing this week? Are you going in to see the guru? You're just writing stories for Vancouver Hockey Now. What are you up to? I've got some guru work going on and some hockey now stuff going on. I actually had SoCal booked. I just canceled it right after they canceled the closest game to SoCal. I was like, okay, this is getting a little too dicey. I mean, there's pals I want to go see and friends that I want to see down there that I was going to see while I was covering the two games, but you know, it's, I got to be doing both. So I was a little nervous about the hockey being postponed or canceled. So I will be watching the, the SoCal games from afar. I do plan on still going down to Seattle for that third game of the road trip. But otherwise, lots of material on Vancouver Hockey Now and uh, also Equity Guru. That'll really start cranking up right after New Year's because, you know, CEOs and the businesses are pretty quiet right now with the stock markets. But uh, come January, we're going to be buzzing. Love it. Good yep. to see you again. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll do this again when the calendar flips to 2022. Yes, sir. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate it a great deal. You have a great rest of the week. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen.